Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the what's going on everybody it is thursday september 29th and you have found the pinwheels and ivy podcast i am your host matt swaski aka father zoe aka Southside zoe and with me as always the good reverend k fids hey everybody so happy to see you guys on such a glorious night as we welcome a very special guest uh, but and, in the meanwhile, and we were a very special guest. <laughs> and the young king, NASCAR Mitch. Skip to me. Get to the main attraction here. That's what the people want. <laughs> Give the and people what they want. I don't know if you notice, but that is not all those Soto. Maybe it is down the road. Maybe it is. Maybe we oh. found uh, a well, time then. capsule and we fast forward time, and that's older Aldo. It's like Tony La Russa. He left, and he didn't get his job back. <laughs> yeah. Oldo <laughs> Soto. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch, we're going to need you to turn your microphone up a little bit. But that gentleman right there, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you love him. That is the beef, beef loaf, a.k.a. at Mr. Delicious 13 from the 108, Big Feed Energy, Thirst Trap, OG, Like Whore, Mediocrity, Personified, Recovering Crybaby, <laughs> Beef Loaf. What's going on, brother? Zoe, Fids, Mitch. Wonderful to be. It's been a while. It feels like I've been a minute since I've been on here. I told Zoe before we came on, the 108ers are your recessionary guests. When the team's going good, you don't need us on the podcast. When the team starts to stink, then that's when we get the invites. I was on Future Sox podcast that dropped on Tuesday. I'm back. I'm glad to be back with you boys. I think the last time I was with you, uh, a couple times ago, I talked about trading uh, Luis Robert for Eugenio Suarez. That might be back on the table. I might, that was the first time. That's a, might be back on the table this offseason. We'll see. I'm not, I don't get to talk, all that offseason talk, uh, you know, but it, it, it could be out there. Now, um, Mitch, you're, uh, you're newer to this. I've watched the show. I've seen you on here. Now, I got to throw this down here as one of your drunk uncles. Uh, you're a White Sox guy. But what you need to do, you need to get yourself better known here because I run what's called the 108 tourney. And that's where we put everyone out there and we put Twitter matchups. If you want to get yourself known, what I need you to do is start bodying one of your co-hosts every single episode. I know maybe some of these guys might function as your boss on the on the blog side. Fuck that. It doesn't matter. You got to go after them. And go after them in a, in a nice way to get the crowd to laugh. You want the, 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 the viewers, the listeners, commenters to get on your side messing with these guys. So you don't have to do it tonight, but I'm going to be watching all throughout the rest of the offseason trying to get you that 108 tourney berth. All right, Mitch? Sounds and good. Although- a 16 seed, uh, like when they have the playing round for the 16, that'll be me. I'm gonna make a run. <laughs> I started out as a 16 seed. My first year, I was a 16 seed. White Sox Dave bodied me, and then we moved on to the next year. I see Mitchell competing in that NASCAR bracket. Now that we're getting this larger contingent of White Sox fans, NASCAR fans, like yeah, dog, and 
and uh, uh, who else? Yeah, that's it. Yadog would body me though too in that. That wouldn't be very close either. No, yeah, dog got crushed last year in the tournament. Yeah, I, he was a person who disappointed me the most in the one away tourney. I put him as a two seed, and in the one bracket, he got clobbered by the fifteen seed. He's on my yeah, S list, all right? He's, yeah, he's, he's uh, out. Trap game right there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does like Jose Canseco though, so I'll give him that. So he, I gave him a treat. I gave him a treat earlier this week with uh, something I shared with him that made him very happy. So, so as Beefloaf alluded to, it is not good in White Sox land right now. As I mentioned last week, this is the bad place. And it actually got worse. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> the White Sox are currently riding a seven-game losing streak. And as we record this on Wednesday night, they are losing 5-2 to two to Minnesota in the top of the fifth. Um, yeah, not great, Bob. But Time out real quick. Just want to say congratulations to Mike Judge on your 61st home run. Mike Judge uh, or Aaron Judge? Or Aaron, Mike Judge on your first Beavis and Butthead <laughs> episode. Yeah. And then Aaron Judge on his 61st home run. Did wow. he just say it now? Yeah, he just said it. Ball. It wasn't that nerd, was it? Oh, just check Twitter, I'm sure. That, that Zach Hample yeah. guy? Yeah, that Zach oh. Hample guy. That guy sucks. <laughs> That's uh, Well, Mike Judge, that was kind of really funny. I don't even know if he did that. On I purpose, always do that a bunch. But, yeah, I mean uh, – so the 61, well, that's impressive, 61. And then on a more somber note, I do have to say, and I'm going to take a moment of silence and have a drink. Ladies and gentlemen, we just lost Coolio. Oh, so man. to Coolio, 59 years young, Damn. gangster's paradise. I, but as I was mentioning to be, I didn't, you could have put a gun in my head. There's no way I thought he was 69 years or 59 years old. I thought Coolio, easy, top 60s, 70 years old. But 70-year-old Coolio. The world was not ready for 70-year-old Coolio. He had to go before then. It, just, it, wasn't, it, it was. wasn't in the cards. And you know what? At work, we, we use Slack to do inner channel, and I have like a little Coolio emoticon that I, when people say like, hey, Zoe, I need this report, I just put the little Coolio picture, and it's like, oh. Coolio, dude. Yeah. It's going uh, it. to be a little different now. Uh, but anyways... White Sox are down, or yeah, they're down five to three uh, as we record this. Right in a seven-game losing streak. So, as always, White Sox Twitter doesn't disappoint, and everyone's remaining very calm and very rational about what they think uh, should be happening in the off-season. Now, the big news that it came out, and this is going to kind of set the table on where I want to get this. The gang fits the White Sox episode started out of. Um, we've seen it from a lot of different sources. The one that I saw that I guess I, I don't know if I should say trust more or whatever, but Dan Bernstein from 670 score said that he's also hearing that it is true that Tony La Russa will not be back with the club this year for sure, but, uh, he will not be coming back next year to manage the White Sox due to, uh, mostly, um, health reasons. Now we haven't gotten an official word on that. I think this is a big, if there's smoke, there's fire type thing. Um, you've seen it from a lot of different people. So it doesn't look like Tony's coming back. I don't think Cairo's coming back either. I think we're going to, we're starting with a fresh palette. So in our effort, and that's the theme of tonight's show, in our effort to fix the White Sox, we're going to start there with whom, whomst, whomst, 
we want to see as the White Sox manager next year. Now, before I kick it to you guys and get your – you guys start dropping names, I don't have a name. I have a criteria. <laughs> you took my answer. <laughs> yeah. I have a criteria. My criteria is this. One, he has no previous association with the Chicago White Sox organization. I don't want his third cousin to play like – to be a ball boy in 1984. That's still too close. I want no association with the Chicago White Sox whatsoever. Two, I need you to be under six. We'll go, I was going to say 60. I'm willing to go up to 65. Need, need a young guy. Need some young blood. Seeing some names in the, the comments already. Ron Washington might be 250 years old. I don't want another <laughs> old guy in the, the dugout. And Baker's old, and he's doing just fine. I mean, there's exceptions to every rule. It's just like the Boston people. Yeah, no like, exception was Tony Stark. Yeah. Uh, and then, really, that's my only two. Previous managerial experience is preferred, not necessary. Not. I mean, if they give a guy a shot, then that's going to be anything anyone talks about. But, but that's it. So, as our guest, Beef, I know you said you didn't have a name, but since you don't have a name, you can just join on me with our qualifications what are some of the things that you'd like to see in the bench boss next year for the white Sox? yeah i mean i i agree with you so i don't i don't have a specific name it would be disingenuous for me to throw a name out there because i'm not the type of guy who's in position who's paying that much attention to that sort of thing i could just give you the garden variety here are the bench coaches from the good teams throw those at the wall and and hope that one of them sticks uh in general i like your criteria but i i think one of the, the things that i i personally realized as we got through the tony la Russa uh years here is that i probably leaned a little more on tactical stuff in my evaluation of a manager and less on the stuff that doesn't happen between seven and ten o'clock at night kind of all the rest of the things that a manager does and to me it seemed like especially in year two you know he was lacking in the stamina to be able to do that lacking in the ability to kind of manage it outside of the seven to ten. Seven to ten i thought he was mediocre to weak kind of both years Yep. But year one, it stuck together a little better. Year two, it didn't. And when you saw Miguel Cairo come in, I'm, and I made fun of this in a tweet a little while ago about how the Miguel Cairo bump lasted three weeks, so we need like eight managers next year to cover up the entire <laughs> season. But you saw a little bump from the from the team, and I thought that was natural. Like anytime you get a new manager and a new job, you usually do get a little bump because they got some energy. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, we're going to do all these things or whatever. And that might wear off. Their management style might not work for you, and it may you know may collapse for you. It might not be the the perfect fit. But I think it's important that a communicator is someone that they get in the dugout. I think it, I think it's important that they that I I actually would prefer a former player be in the in the in the seat and and someone who was younger like you're mentioning so with a lot of energy. I'm I'm going to lean away from needing an absolute uh, tactical manager. Although I think it would it would uh, you know benefit the White Sox to have one who who could do both. It's tough to find it's a unicorn. Because I'm not sure how strong the front office and the analytics department are at baseball strategy. So it would be nice to have a person like that in there to lead it. But if I had to choose between the two, I'm choosing the person who's a better communicator. And I don't care. It would be nice if they came from a winning organization somewhere where they've done it before. They've sat behind someone who's had success. They've been in an organization that sees how successful things goes and maybe can influence the things that are outside of their purview as manager and just kind of talk to people. But I don't have a specific person. I'm not that. I'm not knee deep in all that activity. Agreed, and that's kind of where I'm at. And I, there are some names that we keep seeing over and over again. The big one, uh, I think, 
Mr. Miller here said it in the comments. This name comes up a lot. Uh, he fits my criteria. He's 47 years old. Um, he's been a coach for the Marlins, the Yankees. He's currently with the Astros. Um, fine. I'm, I mean, that's – and I don't want to sound disingenuous when I'm saying, like, oh, I don't care. I definitely care. I care a lot about who the manager is going to be next year. I just – I guess to your point, Beef, I, I guess I haven't really put the time – and whatever into it. And I know Mitch and Fitz have spent a little bit more time looking into something like this. But one thing that I do want to make abundantly clear, and I wanted to say this at the beginning of the show, and I kind of got ahead of myself, it's okay to be happy that Tony Roos is not coming back next year, but you can also hope that nothing bad happens to him. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just throwing yeah. that out there. We've talked about that kind of at length on the okay. show a little yeah. bit, and I don't want to go back into it. But like, just because I don't want him to be the manager of the White Sox yeah. doesn't mean like I hope he kicks it. You know what I mean? It's just that's right. not it at right. all. Right? You don't want it to be like shit. He's healthy again. Right? No. I hope he <laughs> well, hang on. No, I, I I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly, Zoe. But if he does get healthy again, is the risk of him coming back? So th- that's the only oh, concern. It's say moderately sick, maybe not not in the grave, but just like enough where you, you can't do the job no more. That's, I, that's what I'm thinking, maybe. I think he shingles. <laughs> just shingles. Yeah, exactly. Fits. Just shingles. Not, nothing yes. serious. Just I'm enough for you. You should stay at home. That's yeah. it. His age, with a pacemaker, I don't think there's ever going to be anything better than moderately sick. That's, yeah, I that's mean, I think he right. just kind of has to, he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, takes like ibuprofen every day, like just to get through the day. Oh, but yeah. he, he's going to be there. And that's fine. I wish, I hope he has a great golden years riding off into the sunset. I just don't want him as the bench boss for the White Sox anymore. Yeah. Uh, now, last, the first time we brought up potential managers, Fids, and I and I do apologize, I could not think of the guy's name. Brian Christian. There, see, boom. Yeah. Number one, number one on if any team that wants a manager right now, I think that Ryan Christensen is the number one choice for the next manager to win. If you have a team that is in a window and they're competitive, uh, you want Ryan Christensen on your bench. You want you want him. He has been with Bob Melvin now for a, a bit. He was really well loved in Oakland when Oakland was actually thriving on a small payroll. He's down in San Diego. Uh-huh. And, and he's, I mean, you throw him, I mean, he's again in San Diego now helping them thrive as a bench coach. When he was the head guy uh, at, at, the, at the lower levels, I mean, he, he won championships, multiple championships. The, the dude has shown to be a very good communicator. He actually checks that box as former player. Like you were talking about two beef. Yeah, I like um, that idea of former player. I mean, we just seen, you know, it's tough for a non-former player to, to kind of oversee that. You know, I, I hate that that's a precursor, but I, I think it kind of is. Right, and 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 this, you know, he's 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 really well liked. He's really well liked by players, um, and he's he's kind of got. He's younger. I mean, he's not old. He's in his. I think he's in his four. What is he in? Like early forties, maybe. Which 47. is like, uh, yeah, forty-seven. Oh, 40, 48 now. God, so, so he's like 40, right at, yeah. he's right at that that Tito Francona like give me my opportunity kind of moment right now. So he's been around the game enough where, and he's an analytics guy. Obviously, coming from he's he's coming from uh, systems that are. Um, well, well versed in analytics, which the White Sox obviously need more analytics overall, just in general. Uh, let alone, you know, the analytics team that you know we talked about it was what four people and a dog, um, and maybe a parrot that died. So you, you know, you need more um, there. So that's another box that he checks. And again, just to, you know what he's done, um, you know, as a guy that he was, he wasn't a great baseball player as a, as a pro. He was one of those guys that ground that had to grind out his career. And you kind of like those guys in your dugout, regardless, because they've had to learn the game to make up for their lack of athletic ability compared to like the guys that are freaks that just go out there and just dominate because they're good. He, he actually had to like figure out a way to survive. And that's, that makes those guys 
so much more effective. But K Dog dropped a bomb in here, and I I love Coach Hill. I mean, this dude is on the West Coast, absolutely adored. Um, but I don't know if a college level. I mean, he is. He's very much like a Joe Madden kind of personality. He's very hippie, very, very big hippie. So he might actually connect these guys too. But that's that was I, I. I didn't even think about throwing out Rich Hill. That that actually kind of came out of nowhere. So. That's the guy, I, I don't really have a big name either. It's not like last year where we had, or two years ago in 2020 where we had like a bunch of like big name managerial candidates, which is kind of unfortunate when we hired the Roos when we did. But the one guy I kind of liked that uh, passed some of the uh, background checks, I guess, was Freddie Gonzalez, uh, bench coach for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Ten-year managerial career, so he's experienced. Um, he's with a good roster right now, bilingual, which I think is really important since the majority of the core is the you know, Spanish-speaking. So I think that's important with connecting with you guys. He's young enough, um, so I, you know I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And he, if he gets offered another manager job, I think he would jump at it. Interesting. Now, Fitz, to your guy, I have a bit of a conundrum as I was looking him up. And hold on, I'm getting it loaded up right now. You're talking about the 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 wave thing? That no, people made a big deal about it. I have, a very, I have a conundrum with him because one, you see pictures of him, and he's looking like this, kind of looking all like a little snack over there in his little yeah. uniform. Wow. But then you look at this. Oh, that's the same guy. <laughs> like, what, what's going on here, dude? It's got to be the lighting. There's a different lighting going going on there, right? If I forbid anything myself is that sunglasses and being unshaven make you look much, much better than you really are. You just got to have giant sunglasses that cover half the face and a beard that covers the rest of it. Boom. I mean, he shows up to the south side day one looking like this. He's going to have a lot of White Sox fans. Like, the ladies are going to go. No. But then, but I mean, this guy. That's see, this life. is the guy that needs to show up for the interview with Jerry. Like, he shows up like this to talk to Jerry Reinsdorf and all them. He's got the job. Like, he shows up like this. There's no way they're hiring him. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got I that. Just, he's got he's that bald. You, look at that. You could tell that that's like the like that's a prototypical guy that barely like survived as a pro. Constantly, it's like the dude probably didn't shave. He probably was the dude that everyone crushed beers with. But he also was like a hard ass. And he like, but then like sometimes he had to clean up so that like you made me fucking shave. Are you right. kidding me right now? I look like a fat baby bird. Like. So it's 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 that's even funnier. That's probably the most miserable he's been is when he had probably shaved because he looks like a guy that loves to like grow that beard out. And then Brian in the comments, you know, I think White Sox fans really need to let the idea of Ozzy Guillen coming back. They, <laughs> you just gotta let that go for a couple it. reasons. But you actually touch on it in the comments here, Brian, and tell your stupid kids to keep their mouth shut. That's never gonna happen. <laughs> never gonna happen. I mean, they are entertaining sometimes. I mean. Yeah, I just – I don't think that's ever going to happen. But – so you got to start there. And I think it was the last time we actually – beef. we were talking – I don't know if it was Twitter. I don't know. We've talked too much. But we were talking about firing uh, Nick Manichino. Yeah, 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 Frank – Oh, oh, Frank Manichino. Yeah, you got to get rid of uh, yeah. Frank. You know what's funny is like they got hot when Cairo took over. Mm-hmm. And he like he was you could tell he was one of the guys hiding looking for a life vest in the Ken Rosenthal article. Yes. And then like they didn't they haven't scored in like a week. They have like three okay. runs in the last seven games. I mean they have some tonight, but they they've been on it. And he was hiding like spaghetti. I don't know if you ever seen the 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 you know that that show where the, the guy's like hiding behind the bush. That's how he is in the dugout right now, trying to get not to get fired because the offense came crashing down after that one little hot streak. I, I assume he's probably you know he's probably going to be out the door at the end of the season. I would think. I. 
for some reason in my head, I see them cleaning house except for cats, which I know, Fids, you don't agree with that. I, I, I No, I don't not agree with that. I, I think, I mean, of all the people I think in this whole scenario, I think that um, cats is the least of the problems. Um, but he still was handling the pitching staff in some of these. I just, I, I feel like it's much easier and it's very simple to just blame Tony La Russa for every single decision that was made that was terrible, especially with the pitching staff, when a pitching coach usually is the one that makes those calls. Um, that is you when they're canned and when they're dusted. So, you know, you saw some regression, you saw some progress. I mean, I think what he did with Dylan Cease right there is alone, probably worth keeping a guy around if Dylan Cease wants him around, period. And I think that's fine. But I do think that letting him off the hook, because, you know, it's easy to just say it's all Tony's fault, move on, and, and, and ignore all the other glaring issues that there are that are a lot bigger than people realize. And I think that cats of, of the rest of the McEwing needs to be fired into the sun. Uh, he needs to be waved around into the sun, actually. Um, and then you've got, you know, something like cats who is really good at what he does, and he's an up-and-coming guy. I don't think you really let him go. At least you at least let him interview for the job, and I don't think you let the new guy decide if this is someone you want on his staff, because Katz is going to go somewhere and do all right. Like, he's going to be fine. But the new manager is going to – I would I would personally think that a new manager should get to bring their dudes in, period. And that's one thing that I think Tony didn't know who to fuck to bring in, because Tony is disconnected from every all the new hot, hot bods, I guess, if you will. So he brought in. He brought probably in. in homes. Yeah, they're they're literally like like the end end of the uh, end of uh, Citizen Kane when they're interviewing fucking uh, what's his name in the uh, in the in the retirement community and he's begging just 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 stick me in a stogie please I'll talk to you about the the pitching coach job if you smuggle yeah. me in a stogie no no I mean you need somebody that's you need some you need someone that's new and fresh watch Citizen Kane in a while but that sounds like it gets I don't weird. That. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's his best friend. He's that the interview. He's in the he's in the uh, retirement community. He's like these old nurses. The doctor says I shouldn't be smoking this, but just put it in a paper bag, and and, and they won't know. They won't know much. But um, anyway, you, you want a guy that's going to be able to pick their staff. And so I mean, Katz is young. He's the same age. If you bring in a young guy, they might actually click. Who knows? But I do think you should let the next guy decide who they're bringing in as a staff. That's fair. I think that's fair. I mean. I think it's part of the, the new manager. Like, who the hell wants to go to battle without their without their dudes? Like, yeah. So, that's interesting. But I gotta think that. Yeah, I, I mean, in my head, they're all gone except for, I don't know. I feel like Katz has earned it with the the season Cease has had. I mean, Giolito's had a really bad year, but I think everyone's kind of chalking that up to the creatine. Uh, we keep Kurt Hassler around on the staff. He was a Bradley grad, so you know I'd like to keep Kurt too. <laughs> <laughs> Put in the good uh, word for him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and then I guess the other fairy tale that White Sox fans need to stop telling each other and themselves is that Han and everybody, the front office. We talked about this last week, but just to reiterate it, beef while you're here. The one thing that Rick Hahn has done really, really, really good his whole tenure here with the White Sox is made Jerry Reinsdorf money. And, I thought you were going to say his hold on to his job. No, no. He's made, well, I guess those kind of go hand in hand. Between but, him and Mother Nature, <laughs> Jerry bring everybody to the ballpark constantly on rain, rain outs to buy snacks and beers before they can the game. I think yeah. that 
I mean, I'd love to see the PNL after this season, though, because the the operating uh, expenses were higher than they've ever been. You know, they they really pushed the payroll hard. And I'd love to see kind of what it looks like. And maybe it, maybe it wasn't as profitable as the seasons past. I know the gate was down uh, the last two months, uh, almost double digit percentage. We did have a good a good crowd for the Tigers over the weekend, where the White Sox didn't do anything. But I'm kind of kind of curious if if that's holding as strong as we think it might be holding, uh, kind of the way it's been. Well, out of anybody on this current show right now, you would know more than any of us. So, I mean, you've seen it at the park. You guys basically can declare residency there. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the attendance for sure is, was in decline in the second half. And particularly in the, the weeknights, you know, when the in 2021 when the team was contending down the stretch on the weeknights, you'd get a good healthy crowd. And this was like, you know, the, the, the past couple, I mean, the, the non-Tuesday uh, against Cleveland, which I wasn't at that game, but the, the Wednesday and Thursday were small crowds they were like rebuild crowds and so i expect that's how it's going to be when when minnesota comes here to, to kind of finish it up so i don't know where, where they end up landing uh, as far as attendance but i assume it'll be down uh down adjusted for uh limited capacity last year because at, at one point they had limited capacity uh because of covid restrictions well yeah God, I mean, I think about that too how uh, this was supposed to be the vikings the white Sox last weekend of the season like you know this twins. was this was supposed to be like the most epic like twins, close twins. out series. They're twins. Sorry, God. Fire damn. tonight, boys. Fire oh my tonight, God. Boys. What is that? Oh, anyway, this was supposed to be like the most epic series you're supposed to be dealing with, um, and now it's like who can actually? It's 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 a shit off to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mitch, you're usually at a you go you attend a lot of games though. Yeah. Where do you hide when you go to the games, Mitch? Where are you sitting? I'm usually just looking for deals. Um, I like so. Oh boy! Whore. All over. I, I, my one of my favorite spots is right behind home plate, like upper level, like first two rows around there. But outfield, I sit a bunch. My last, the last one I went to was against Colorado, and it was like ten dollars seats right behind the dugout. Like they were giving those ones away because it was a day game. So um, I, remember, I remember how you told me how much you hate the right field corner. You thought that that's like for shit, that shithole. <laughs> well, that's you know that's where the sophisticated fans are. So I understand why you hate it. <laughs> I don't, know if you saw, I don't know if you saw my pinky out when I was drinking this tequila I have in my hand right now. I was going to ask, what is in the small glass? Uh, we're just having a little uh, Blanco tequila, that's all. Just uh, a little bit to wet the wood. i got to get the funny juice in here in, in order to perform correctly. So that, that's why well, I and you're heading out practice. to California, so you know you got to get going. I am, yeah. I'm jumping a plane tomorrow night to San Diego. We're going to go catch a couple games. Uh, Sox, Padres at Petco. Should be fun. Wow, the battle of mediocrity. Nice. <laughs> As the kids say, it's a mid-off. <laughs> that was another series though that looked so exciting right after like the trade it's like well the Sox are still going to be contending and they just got Juan Soto like that'll be a, and now it's depressing for both sides yeah I mean usually I drink push light when we're doing the show but it's getting so bad now we're, we're drinking a little red breast tonight, <laughs> we, we got the we got the whiskey out tonight that's a boy yeah it's uh it's that bad folks it's that bad in the field but uh pretty accurate <laughs> <laughs> but yeah unless so it's now, a i'm making it now we get to the tougher decisions if you will and that is the actual product on the field um i'm actually we're going to be real look at it i'm going to do this just and just so everyone knows i'm definitely doing this just because beef is on the show and i want to look like we're like sophisticated with it but look at that Oh, look actual, at you. Wow. Green capture with a column on the left. <laughs> how do I blow? No, it's a screen share. How do I make it bigger? 
That's the question we've all asked ourselves at many times in our lives. And the there answer is there easy. it is. There it goes. You just yep. answered the same Big tech guy, Zoe. All right, so this is the 2023. These are guys that are getting paid already. Yep, they sure are. So we got Lance Lynn. I'm going to go full screen back. so I can read that. Oh, there we go. Lance Lynn coming back at 18 and a half. You know, can I point out that that literally the, the highest White Sox salary is it, 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 it is what? Five and a half million dollars less than Jason Hayward. Anyway, yeah, I mean, they don't they don't hand out the the big money here. We, we all know that. To but answer Dave's question, Chad, Pollock will not be look? back next year. He will yeah, Pollock I mean, will not be back. He will make more money by declining that option because I think he gets a buyout with it, and then he gets signed for like eight million, I think it was, and still make more than he would opting in for the ten million. There's no shot. Bye-bye. Well, well, actually, the uh, Mitch, just to slightly correct you there, he's had enough plate appearances where the $10 million is now accelerated up to $13 because he exceeded 500 plate appearances. Not- so if he opts in, it's 13 If he opts out, he takes five with him and he goes off. So then you're right. He, his break-even number would be $8 million signing with some other team. I'm curious if anyone wants a kind of uh, short side of the platoon only, almost left field only outfielder at this point for $8 million. I think he actually will opt in and stay with this team unless he, unless for some internal reason, he doesn't like uh, playing in Chicago. Maybe, maybe that would be a reason to opt out, but I'd be surprised if at his age would be 35, if he ends up getting that sort of deal. I mean, that's, you know, him one in 10 for, for him, for his production this year. I don't know. I, I would be surprised. Yeah. You don't like- want to opt out at that point too. Cause I mean, unless he's got like a multi-year deal, that's going to give him better guaranteed over like a couple of years. That would be something to opt out on. But yeah, if he got paid, if he get, I mean, uh, let's be honest, it, he, he would, th- that option would be way over market value if you were to sign him as on the open market for that price. So he, I feel like he's the type of guy though. Like he's big West coast guy, right? Fitz. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. He's, so I feel like he's the type of guy that if any team, on the West Coast, doesn't have to be like the Dodgers. Probably not the. It won't, A's. Be. It won't be the Dodgers. The Dodgers were done with them in 2020. Just, I know, just, it, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, it doesn't have to be. Like, it could be like the Diamondbacks or somebody. You know, if somebody offers him mm-hmm. any kind of equal or a little bit more amount than the White Sox can, I think he's bouncing to go back west. Yep, and I'm sure through the feelers, you know, like obviously there's no open negotiation. Blah blah. blah. The feelers are out. He'll know what his market is. He'll know what he's going to get. He knows who's interested, and and if he is, then you know, I honestly, I, for White Sox fans, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't shed a single tear if that dude is gone. Like and I just, Brian, I, 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 Brian, I agree with you so much. Brian says, watch him put up a four war season in San Francisco. Probably just because it's San Francisco. I can I see that one hundred percent happening. They have good um, but I mean, you look at the dead money. Like, is money Grandal? This is dead money. I mean. <laughs> When I say dead money, it means there's, they can't get out of it. They're not going to move it. They can't they move can't, it. They right. can't move it. It's it's yeah. set. That's it. Uh, Mankata, you know, I know he's on a two-way kind of whatever. He's in he's his own three-year. He ain't going anywhere. Uh, Liam Hendricks is back for 14. TA's at pre-arb. I don't see that getting too crazy, um, especially with the second half of the season. Uh, you got Aloy at 9-5. Uh, Lou Bob. Nine five, Joe Kelly. This needs. This is pisses me. I this going is, nowhere. This is the first one that pisses me off. You guys were so pumped with Joe Kelly too, and because he he is such a troll dick, but he just can't stay healthy. But it, 
one of waiters were never in on Joe Kelly. We just were like, the guy's hurt walking in the door. (laughs) He's fun when he's healthy, man. He's he's a blast, but he's just not healthy. Hand up. I was excited about Joe. The thought of a Joe Kelly, Liam Hendricks, I guess. Should have been good. In my brain, I just was picturing like super healthy, like on top of his game, Joe Kelly, not a, you know, guy at age 35 season declining. Like, I mean, God, it took you guys long enough to get this in the in the comments but i'm gonna blow it up just for you beef. <laughs> don't worry don't worry i'm gonna give sean a lot more ammo when we start talking about a certain decision i know i know i know i know this contract so i personally have not been a fan of what kendall graveman has done this year uh i know statistically like he's been okay but on the zo gut test scale when graveman comes into a game i don't feel safe <laughs> I don't feel good. I'm, I'm with you on this, though. He and, and he has been okay. Like, the okay is right. But he you can't pitch him on back-to-back days. He's uh, nope. a tire fire if you pitch him on back-to-back days. And you do get the nervous guts because he's more of a ground ball guy than a strikeout guy. And when you're putting that guy in in the eighth inning, like, hey, man, we don't have much uh, – we don't got much more time to make up if your ground balls, uh, you know, see and get through the, these holes right. here. So it gets makes a little with scarier. With our defense, let's be honest, <laughs> more holes than there should be. But exactly, Mitch. Totally agree. Like, did he get fucked because they were hitting it away from the shift? Now next year, less shift. Maybe people will be right where they're supposed to be. And that's a weird thing too. I think that this is an off season where you, I think with pitchers, you've got to have like a weird, like. It's a fractional percentage, I think, maybe, but they're going to be seeing their, their defense is going to be slightly altered, which I don't know if that's good for them or bad for them. So, I mean, yeah, I locate guess. might actually have a better chance of having success now in this league when you can't shift because they're going to just all be right. like, well, all right, well, I'm going to make you hit it here and then. I'm sorry. I just thought that was just pissing me off with the screen share. And the little <laughs> you want to see more of Beef? <laughs> beef was too small. We need his what? picture needs to be more. Actually, um, let's, go, let's go straight. I guess I never really put That's too right. much thought oh. into that, though, Fids. Like how much the, the banning of the shift will affect pitching. It, well, it's like I said, a fractional percentage. But I think that confidence level for guys that have command, they're going to be able to do more with, with less. Because, uh, again, being able to put five dudes, <laughs> I mean, basically like five dudes on the left side if you can, um, or maybe even six, if you include the center fielder, that's gonna that's gone now. You're gonna have people that are actually maybe a step or two on those balls that sneak through. You might have a little bit of a bonus. So guys that can command it are gonna have more success. And then the the other money on the books is you got that amazing contract to Larry Garcia for five and a half million. Blue dog. Uh, be here in twenty four. Also, uh, uh, so just in case you Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure is. He sure is. Uh, Josh Harrison, I don't know. I know that's your guy, Beef. Jay Hay, don't let Jay Hay that's, get high. You know, that's an option right there. And when, yep. when you look at the free agent market at second base, it's pretty it's dismal. Big. So, yeah. you know, it's it's not as unreasonable as you would think. Like, the guy came in and he kind of gave you a Josh Harrison performance, which was okay. Would have been fine if the rest of the guys performed. But it hurt because you kind of got underperformances all across the diamond. His end of the year has been kind of ugly, especially on defense. Like the series in Oakland, it was like he couldn't he pick a ground ball up all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't know if he had Elvis the yips or what was going on. Elvis did say he was open to coming back and playing second base. So yeah, there's always that possibility there too. Yeah, no, they, they're, but there is a concern of, of Elvis yeah. coming back and turning back into Elvis. Like because yeah, yeah. We, the Elvis we got for the last month, 
is, is not Elvis Andrews. <laughs> Some other guy hitting the hell out of the ball. Like I, I put a graph up on our podcast right when they signed Elvis Andrews to temper everyone's expectations on his hitting. Of course, he went absolutely nuts afterwards. And I put his OPS pluses up next to Larry Garcia's. And over the last four years, I mean, before this season, Larry Garcia was a better hitter than him. So, so it's like you might not get a great hitter out of there. Elvis's value is this great defender, and he's a he's a smart base runner. You know that's where you gonna, get your value. I'm going to argue that with with Elvis. Elvis has always been a dude. Um, he's always been considered to be one of the best, most gifted players in the league uh, since he started coming up in the league. He's finally in a situation, in at least with the White Sox for the last couple of years, where he's actually like in a in a competitive situation. I think that he's just better off when it's a competitive situation. I think that he's been stuck in purgatory for what two three years now at this point and you look at his numbers in the seasons where his teams were good he's he's more engaged um and i think that maybe that makes a difference but i i I like him as a clubhouse guy he's willing to play anywhere you know what that gives you options on the trade market as well if he's willing to go sit somewhere else if you guys are willing to build somewhere else he's not a bad choice but so no offense we don't need more clubhouse guys we need more guys who produce because we tried the clubhouse guys and uh josh harrison didn't kind of didn't work out also elvis andrews be 35 next year so i mean like there's gonna be you know some some downside in that the if it comes down to it though and it's either josh harrison or elvis andrews i'm gonna take elvis andrews and also the reason why i'm not overly upset about the elvis andrews idea is because of what you mentioned beef we already is a backup well, it, it's slim pickings at second base. <laughs> it's, it's really slim pickings. It is slim pickings, but Elvis has never played second base uh, as a major leaguer. Up. Not like an in, not a single inning, like nothing. So it's a risk, you know. You know there's a guy like you know on the free agent market with the last name Turner that if you paid him enough, he would probably play second base for you. Are we like, talking about the same team? team? Which, which team are we talking about? Yeah, we'll, we'll, I know, I know, I know. It, it's it's like you know that if your penis was fourteen, never mind. Um, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, it's and not going to. Frogs had wings; they wouldn't uh, bump their ass when they hop. I mean, it's just like could be my uncle's, probably. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't think necessarily. I guess to the last thing on um, second base, though. You know, the White Sox <laughs> got a kid that carries, carries dead, dead right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's thirty five. Never played third before. Let's do it. That's the blueprint to a T. Yeah, that's, that's actually he's, that's he's old, good clubhouse guy, and he's never played the position. It's a very fair already. But so we, we bring up Elvis and Lurie for second base and Josh Harrison, but I really think that you know Romy Gonzalez can show up and win the spot. Yeah, so I mean the early returns on Romy, like I wasn't paying too close attention to Romy. He came up last year a little. We got a little cup of coffee kind of into the year. Came up again this year. I was like, eh, whatever. He'd been hurt all year. And then he made a play where he was sliding into second, but then he was out by a mile, and he he popped up and tried to jump over the second baseman. I'm like, okay, my man's got some athleticism. So I started paying a little attention to him. And in his first uh, couple weeks up in the majors, he hit the ball with authority. Yep. The problem is the pitcher started figuring him out. So I don't know what his strikeout rate is zoomed up to so far, but it's like 35% or something. Like it's yeah. He has a problem putting the bat on the ball, so that could be – an issue is like just handing him the the everyday job. Danny Mendick is still around when he yep. when he becomes yep. uninjured. I mean that's a possibility. Yep. Uh, Lenin Sosa is still there. I mean the, the Sox have enough of this blob of stuff that is hanging around that either has options or is on the roster that they probably should just try one of them. <laughs> right? I mean yes. like yeah. the White Sox definitely probably lead the league in having a blob of stuff because that's <laughs> they, what they have almost at every position. The other two contracts that are on the books officially for next year, though, you have Aaron Bummer, who 
I can, I mean, you just hope a guy like that bounces back. He's uh, good for the 20 games he pitches a year, I think. It's yeah. just, he's yep. inevitably going to get hurt. He, he's the guy who, oh, I felt Zola, anytime he came in the game, if he had inherited runners, those guys were scoring 100%. Like, I, I had the stake bet with Josh Nelson, and Aaron Bummer came in in that game against Cleveland where they're blowing him out, and it was like 7-1 to one or whatever. And Bummer came in with a Lance Lynn runner on, and I really needed that runner to score to to, to pump up the ERA. Mm-hmm. And he he held out for for the beef loaf, got that run in there. He's just kind of struggled with the, with the, with that part of the game. And the walk rate's been off the charts. You know, if we could get Aaron Bummer right, I mean, he's a beast. Yeah. But they haven't had to, they haven't been able to get him right in a couple of years. You know, that's the brutal part. And then finally, my unofficial cousin. I, I still don't claim him as family, even though I have a very large. White Sox fan, Jake Diekman, Dykeman, Dickman, whatever you want to call him. Uh, lefty specialist. He's on the books for 3-5. So the one, I mean, you have Dylan Cease going to ARB 1. Um, Giolito's going to be ARB 3. Romy's going to be pre-ARB. Kopik's ARB 1. Raylo's ARB 3. Um, yeah, you got some raises in there, some yeah. some money that they're not is not showing up yet. That's going to be, you know, it's going to pump this up another twenty twenty five million dollars, right. right? I mean, Geo was made seven and a half last year, and I don't think you can go down in our raise, even though he had kind of a lousy year. So let's no. round him to eight. I mean, Dylan Cease had a epic uh, final uh, uh, non arb pre arb year. Yep. I mean, what's he going to be at five? Like start at five or somewhere in that range, like. So there you go. There's, there's, uh, you know, Kopech will get a couple million. Raylo got two point six last year. I got to think with with his excellent year and is basically the a setup guy. He's going to be above three. I mean, you're starting to add like another twenty million dollars from those Arb guys, right? And I mean, Adam Engel's Arb three, and then he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> uh, I think we've seen the last of him. Mitch, your boy, Sebi, Sebi's oh pre Arb. Um. Oh. I mean, let's just get into it. Aaron Judge's home run, by the way, was 117 miles an hour exit velocity. I feel like there's a lot of uh, walk frustration put into that. So let's get into the position. The, the biggest glob of stuff that the White Sox have. And that's going to be first baseman. We got him playing outfield. We got him DHing. We got him playing first base. We have guys that are probably going to get a statue built for him, which the White Sox, they, they spend money on a second baseman. Fuck that. Money on a statue? Let's ride. But um, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. So basically what I'm talking about is you got Gavin Sheets. You got Jose Abreu. You have Andrew Vaughn. It's like that thing from the office when they're like, tell me the difference of this pitcher. And it's like, Oh, it's the same pitcher, but they're basically one and same. Mitch, you're scaring me without your light. It got really dark there for a second. I thought you were about to kill somebody. Um, He's fading away, <laughs> but you have sheets and Vaughn who will be pre arb And then you have Jose Abreu. I mean, it's Jose Abreu. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what else you could say about Jose Abreu. And, before I flip it over, my vision is Gavin Sheets is the odd man out in this situation. I think Gavin Sheets, you need to move. You need to – I think Gavin's a great guy. I think he he provo- provided that left-handed bat at times 
People need to remember that part at times for the White Sox this season. Um, not the strongest outfielder, but I don't think he ever thought he was going to be an outfielder. Um, but in my opinion, you keep Jose Abreu, you keep Andrew Vaughn. I, I, Andrew Vaughn, I think, is the goods. I think Andrew Vaughn's going to be the goods for a long time. And I just have just this utmost respect for Jose Abreu. And I giggle. Yes, I said giggle. I giggle when I see people just talk about how bad, like, oh, Jose, you just let Jose walk. Or Jose, he leads the fucking league in hits. Don't let I him mean, walk. QO. He's, he's not. It's not like he's having some complete dog water year. Like, he's he leads the league in hits. I don't know how else to spin that. <laughs> Yes, the whole, the power numbers have been. Yeah, everything else has been terrific though. The walk yeah. rates up, and uh, I mean, he's top. Last I checked, he's top twenty in WRC plus in the majors. You know, like yes. he he was flirting with top ten a lot of the year. No, so you're right. It's a weird and tough decision because uh, the, when you're looking at it from uh, let's let's just throw our fandom out because I agree with you. I love Jose Abreu. I want Jose Abreu to be. I want Jose Abreu to be Paul Canerco bad by the end, by the end here in in Chicago. I want him to stink. And be on the yep. team, just like I wanted Pauly to be out there, and I I don't want Pauly to play somewhere else. I want yeah. I wanted Pauly to finish here, and yes, he sucked in 2014. That's okay. I'm 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 yeah. fine with that. Or 13 or whatever year it was. It was his final year. The the problem here though is is on defense because uh, trying to keep Eloy Jimenez healthy has been a struggle, mm -hmm. and so putting him at DH in the second half. I mean, he's third in the majors in WRC plus in the second half, just behind Aaron Judge and, and Nate Lowe. So I mean, like he's been lighting the world on fire as a DH. And he's only playing at 70 or 80%. I mean, he does not look healthy. He doesn't look like he can run, but he sure can hit. And, and Eloy started figuring out how to walk him. So he's taking that next step, right? He's he's popped up to the guy that we kind of all thought he would be. Now, people say, let Jose walk, but that's because it's the easiest calculus, right? You don't have to think too hard to just say, that guy's already kind of out. Let's just let him go. And so, like, for me, the calculus is you've got three guys for two spots because you don't want to be able, you don't have to count on Eloy every day in left field and you cannot put Andrew Vaughn in the outfield for a contending team like he's just shown out too poorly on defense kind of every metric you can run has him being the worst defender in baseball and outfield and he doesn't hit enough where you can he can cover that up so it's a choice of two of these three guys Eloy Andrew Vaughn and Jose Abreu with which with sheets kind of trailing up the back and when you're when you're looking at it Yes, Jose Abreu is 35 years old, but he's also hitting the ball harder than he's ever hit the ball. The only thing that's been lacking here is the home runs. The the batting average is high. The walks are high. He plays every day, even though he also looks hurt. So that looks great. You wonder what the market looks like for Jose Abreu. If someone's really going to step out and pay him some money in a two- or three-year deal, you might be pushed out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, secondarily with Andrew Vaughn, he's the cheap guy, right? He's the guy who you have here. He doesn't cost anything. He's pre-arb. But most of his problems have to do with he's never kind of become the hitter we think he could become yet. Not saying he won't eventually become that. But we're in season two, and I think coming into the night, he had a 115 uh, OPS plus. I mean, that's fine, but that's not like I want that to be my everyday first baseman, I will, and I will block this better player from that spot in order to get it for him. You could try to trade Andrew Vaughn, but it has the same concerns, right? He's, lo he's, he's board locked to first base DH. So someone who you trade him to has got to really believe in that upside that a lot of White Sox fans uh, absolutely do believe in because I, I ran a poll the other day and mostly half the people wanted to let go uh, of Jose Abreu. I think personally Eloy's untradeable. I would not, not because you couldn't get value, but I think this offense is just different when he's in there. 
Ever since in the second half when he came back, when we played Cleveland, when we played Houston, we played a good team, they pitched around him. They were actively trying to avoid Eloy tearing them apart. And the White Sox don't have another guy like that. The only guys who who they any teams do that are are him and Jose Abreu. And so it makes kind of a, a weird calculus of which one are you gonna choose? Like I don't know what I know the easiest choice is that Jose Abreu walk. Probably the harder choices are are trading any combinations of them. But I don't know what the best choice is. I'm I'm completely unsure. And you know what? Uh, also, you talk about the and this would be what you would consider a Jose Abreu quandary, correct? That's that is correct. That's what I would consider. Just, way, uh, if you guys haven't check it out, Beef wrote a really really great piece about the the Jose Abreu quandary. And actually, you know, God, and and so this is this is might be breaking news on this podcast. I agree with Beef. I think that the the best option forward might actually be. Selling Andrew Vaughn. <clears throat> that, wow. <laughs> I never thought I'd see. I never thought I'd hear that. I, but. And, but not because he sucks, not because he's a flop, not be, but because with when it comes to, to absolute value, the White Sox might be able to get themselves a solid back end or three, four, five starter, as well as maybe even fill in a gap or a hole that they have at second base. And you'd hate to see a guy leave that way. But I think that, that Jose Abreu has good at least one year of at, at first base left in him. And I think you would, especially if you go like with with a one year and a club option, a club option in case it it does fade, he can switch to that DH and maybe perhaps you 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 spend the season developing Eloy as as a safety guy. But if not, you know you 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 cross that bridge when you get there. The White Sox have too much talent to wait and say let's play out the the two year game. You're you're going on 2023 and 2023 alone. You hope that you bring in the right decision maker, the person that does it. But you want to have your optimal lineup for 2023. And if you're not, you're not serious because 2024 things get worse. Your farm system's dying. Yeah, Montgomery's on his way, but Montgomery's not going to carry everything. You 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 go 20, 2023 or die, and you do what you got to do, which might mean selling Andrew Vaughn. Now, if you want to sell him to the Cubs, here's the pitch, right? We part with uh, a very good shortstop in our, you know, a, a top ten rate shortstop in in you know he's a top ten prospect in the, in the Cubs org, so. Well, see, I, I don't know. I, I don't think, and I get the bad defense thing. The defense is the problem. I think you still can function and keep all three. So because one, like Jose Abreu, like we've said, everything is up the organization. He hasn't really shown he's fallen off. Like, I think that's just a guy that you need to keep there, especially for all the stuff he does in the clubhouse, as well as the on-field production. And by the way, he's one of the only people that stays healthy, which is a problem with this team. Andrew Vaughn's been consistently the best hitter this year. And especially with the defense, like, look, he's not a left fielder, but I think the big problem was he had two first basemen in the corner outfields for the majority of his outfield tenure. If you have Robert healthy most of the time and you get a legitimate right fielder and or left fielder, uh, someone that can cover that ground, it makes his job a little bit easier there in right or left or wherever they put him. But for most of his time, it's either Eloy in left while he was in right or, or Gavin Sheets out in right field too. So you had two terrible outfielders, so it's making his job harder. Now, if you get Robert out there with a legitimate outfielder, you can shade Robert, I guess, a little bit more, over more, and you can kind of hide his deficiencies. But he's too good of a hitter, too. And then when Abreu does fall off, if you bring him back, Andrew Vaughn's your future first baseman. So I think Sheets would be the odd man out. And then Eloy, like you said, he, he's been a stud. You can't really get rid of him either. I don't know. I think he could still function with those three if you make the right moves around him to, to kind of help him and put him in a little bit of a better position. And, hell, you can even platoon him a bit, too. But I, I think you could still function with all three of them where you don't need to trade Andrew Vaughn. I think that's just stupid to me. And so would be letting a Bray you are. 
<laughs> I look, uh, by the way, can I be very clear on this? I don't think I, I, I would hate for anybody to trade Andrew Vaughn, but I think that if you could trade Andrew Vaughn for double value and get something that's, you know, like his 100%, maybe their 100% combined fits the needs of the, of the organization. Right. You, you, you got to do it, but you, and you might kick your own ass. Look, I mean, look at, look at what's his name in New York now. The Cubs traded, you know, to get, to get a, uh, a Roldis Chapman for, for a, like a half a year. Um, what's his name? Um, the big boy. And you know what? It, it happened. You know what? You don't cry a tear because you know what? You won. And that one World Series is definitely worth seven years stretched out of, hey, what could have been? So I don't know. <laughs> so can you uh, can you put up Brian S's comment? Because uh, I put this as kind of the last part of the, the blog. And that was... This one? Yeah, no, the he's no uh, Brian no. S. No, the one where he talks about a Bray walk, walk and and trade Vaughn. So the last thing I put in my my blog was you can all you could choose to let Jose Abreu leave and you could trade Andrew Vaughn because the White Sox do have a glut of these first base types that they don't really know what to do with. And in that instance, what you would do is you would you would give Gavin Sheets the everyday job, kind of the 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 platoon side, and he hits righties. And you'd have Jake Berger on the roster, and he would hit the lefties, and those guys would share first base. Jake now, uh, Sheets can flex to right field. He's he's a non-terrible right fielder. He's not any good at it, but he's okay. You can do it a, a day or two a week. And you could, day, you could do a day a week of Jake Berger at third base. It might make most of us vomit, but you could then at least make usage of some of this excess you have, right? You're not going to get anything if you try to trade uh, Gavin Sheets or Jake Berger. No one cares, right? Vaughn, you could possibly get something for. I, I'm, I'm sort of lower on the totem pole of what I think you could get, and that's why I think they're probably just going to end up holding him and, and kind of waiting for the breakout. You know, because I put in my blog that I think if they could get a Jake Cronenworth from San Diego or, or Brandon Lau from Tampa and finish off second base, I would do that in a heartbeat. But I'm not sure if, if his market value is there because when you look at the first baseman market for this offseason, first base DH, it's extremely strong. And he has yet to take that step where you're like, okay, he's a guy like this. He's got the potential. He's got the pedigree. He hasn't quite done it yet. He hasn't quite shoved Jose Abreu out the door. So I don't know if if there's a team willing to pay back, kind of betting on the come like that. By the um, way, another wrinkle in this is who's going to be the GM. So it depends I don't on. Think if, I, like I said, Han's not going. It, it, Han's like, he's tough on he, Han because he makes Jerry money. Tough on Han. That's right. Did he, did he grab Tony LaRusso's like body and just like. <laughs> no, he makes Jerry money. He's like. Shield, you said low, and as much as I would like to, if the White Sox could figure out a way to get low, if Andrew Vaughn went to the Rays, he's gonna win the triple crown. <laughs> hey, these these ah. trades could hurt. Like the idea of of trading uh, an Andrew Vaughn or trading Eloy Jimenez, they go somewhere else and tear the world on fire. I mean, like this right. is these are trades that could hurt. I mean, this is right. not uh, nothing. Of, you know, of all the no. things that Alex Rood has taught me in my life. Uh, which there's very few, but one of them was uh, riding the train bag and getting a lift back to the, the Airbnb when we partied in the 108 that one time. But another one was never trade for pitching with the Devil Rays. No, you never. Ever. <laughs> you ne- well, you shouldn't. You should. Well, this was a second baseman I was trying to trade, yeah. not, not well, for a pitcher. No, I'm going to go one you step further. General at this point. You, don't, you don't trade with the Rays in general. Yeah, you, just, yeah. you don't trade with you always, just ask Detroit. Don't don't do it. Yeah, you don't That's trade. Right. Don't do it. If they, they traded Vaughn to the Rays for Lowell, Lowell would get hurt the third game of the year and Vaughn would win the triple crop. <laughs> Alex with, a, with, with like the wise nugget to never get just fleeced for the Rays. Yeah, stay away. No, uh, block that number even if you can. I just think, <laughs> I just think Gavin Sheets is the out man. I just think. I agree. 
I mean, he, he should be theoretically. Unless you I mean, Sheets has an option, so he doesn't have to go anywhere. You can That's just send true. him to Charlotte and, and hold him. You know? Baltimore. Baltimore will see his splits at their home park. Oh. And, you know, I think we could get a pretty good bat back. <laughs> you really, but you're an idiot if you don't listen to everything. Like, listen to no, someone's I'm offer. I'm There's not no taking like a three or four starter though for Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. Like, just to add some pitching depth. Like, no, it no. has to be a substantial return if I'm going to make that. A three, four, five, and a starting second baseman that can actually play, like a good one. Well, so. and Mitch, Mitch, I think I think what you're you're thinking right there is probably how the White Sox see him as well. They see the pedigree and potential, and they think we're not just uh, filling one of these holes with him. We think he's going to become a superstar. And now let's right. finger cross our fingers and hope he does because I think a lot's going to be weighing on him if they let Jose Abreu walk. I mean, just looking at WRC plus for these guys for the year. <laughs> Eloy's at 150, Jose Abreu's at 135, Vaughn's at 118. So Vaughn's going to have to pop up and kind of cover the the Jose Abreu uh, you know, difference there, and then you're going to have to hope for some dead cat bounces from these other fellas that are not producing. And then the other big wrench in this plan is, you know, there's a very good chance that Oscar Colas breaks camp with this team <laughs> starting in right field. Alex Root is correct. Write the players down that the Rays want and never trade those guys. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, they got to be good at, at faking, though. They got to they got to be good at telling you who they want, yeah. and then they really want some other guy. You know, they got to figure zig, that out. Zig, zig, zigzagging now. They're not just zigzagging, right. zagging. Like they're going the double zigs. And literally, as we're talking about this, Andrew Vaughn hits a single on the top of the seventh. Uh, of course, he does. <laughs> my man, RBI single. But the White Sox are so beautiful. But yeah, like no. Said, what I'm saying is, though, you, you know, in the Cubs org. Um, Stop trying to push Cubs players on us. Damn it. Uh, Oscar Colas. We're going to free agent seek out and bring you. Then. No, I got but that. Oscar Colas, though, every level they put him at, I mean, it almost seemed like he didn't give a shit when he was in Canapolis. But <laughs> double A, triple A, he's just, he just keeps hitting. And, I mean, it, we're not talking about some 17, 18-year-old kid. This is a 24-year-old man. He's yep. older than you, Mitch. Like, you just got to, like – Damn, he threw man and over you, Mitch. Like that was really salty. How you? But I'm that. just saying, like, I think you're. You don't need to do like wait and see with this guy anymore. I think we've seen it. Like, if he has a decent spring training, I, I really think he breaks camp with the White Sox as a starting right fielder. He should. Yeah. Yeah, and I can see it because it's an ex- extremely cheap move. <laughs> it's a very cheap move to not go find a guy. And also the free agent market isn't that strong this year. I mean, let's be perfectly honest with us. In general, the free agent market's not that strong. So I'm not going to defend them. They should go out and get a right fielder and then have Oscar Colas push that right fielder out of the position. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see the talent come up and shove them out of the way. I want to see, like, Colson Montgomery on fire coming up and say, all right, we need to put him on this roster, find a spot for the guy. That, that's what, kind of what you want to see. And Colas, I guess, is kind of doing that. So, I mean, he's yeah. uh, with his performance at, at Dublin AAA this year, he's he's the one guy who's kind of doing that. But I would love for them to add a player. Okay, that player's got to go to the bench, and now Oscar is your job. Yep. You know, but can you not, not deal with, like, you should deal in absolutes. Like, this isn't an absolute, though. Like, so, again, in the window, do you deal? These, these guys should not be expected to come up to the show and actually produce, like, a superstar when they're not ready. This is un. This is an, an uh, like an unacceptable like weight to throw on some poor kid trying to like get his cup of coffee too. Though is to think that his first time ever seeing Major League everything, he's got to be like the guy to help carry someone to like a, a world yeah, champion. No, nobody's, nobody's that good. Like even I mean, 
you look that's at so, that's what the Braves are doing with their whole roster, though. They bring a guy yeah. up and he's got four wins in a half season. I want one. I want one of those guys to come up for the White Sox once. <laughs> no, no, you need like seventeen of them if they're going to be comfortable. So right now, that's not going to happen. Colson Montgomery is not going to be the guy that fixes everything. You have to like. You're going to unfortunately have to like rip some band aids off too. But I, I just I, it's unfair for Colas to be like expected to come up and be like a game changer like the dude's gonna be like holy shit what it where am i at what city are, who are these tall dudes that dot the strike zone as if it's like breakfast and putting a spoon in their mouth he's he's been with he's he this is elite this is the elite of the elite of the elite and he may be gifted but stop throwing this poor guy like and be like make him hey if if next year we're gonna win a world series because oscar colas is coming god that poor kid no don't let that poor kid hear those words that's not that's not okay hey if oscar colas can contribute to a world championship in any way he can even with limited like options and 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 moments that's fine but you can't throw that on the kid like they need to put somebody in front of him that wears those bullets and then he can come in and like swoop but you don't you don't start the season with him as your guy that 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 poor kid will it, it, it will break him. I don't know. Uh, I don't think I'm. I Unless think he earns it in the, spring training. Like if yeah, he's fucking I, 450, yeah, well, you ride the hot air. Hell yeah. But I want to see more of a competition. Don't force it. Like, yeah, there's, but that'll be very interesting. I mean, Colson Montgomery, though. Can we, can we just. Colson Montgomery's a year away. Take a pause at, for a second. At least a year away. Well, we thought he was three years away a year ago. So if you do the math, he's yeah. actually only six months away. But no, yeah, he's not ready yet. But God. he had a hell of a season, though. Beautiful. Minor, White Sox minor league player of the year. I mean, and that's with Oscar Colas and all these other guys. But he needs some friends. He needs to learn how to win at the lower levels with some friends. Well, pardon. Part that, of that, that time has already passed. He ain't going to be at the lower level. He'll be a double A next year. And if yeah. he hits the shit out of the ball, he's going to be in Chicago soon. Like, yeah. I, don't push him. Like, he, he's been a monster so far. I just what, said it enough. What do you think you can get for him in, in a trade, Zoe? How about, let's, let's go down this road. What, what, what would you get for a Colson Montgomery in a trade? I was thinking about him a little bit because I was like, well, they have one really good uh, minor league asset. I, I know Colas is, is sneaking in the top 100, but like you said, mm-hmm. he's older, so it's a little tougher to trade those guys that are 24 already, right? Right. But Montgomery's 20, and he's shot up in the top 50 across the board. I mean, when I was looking at this, like, and, I, and I'm not married to this idea yet, but what about building a, building a deal, go to Miami and say we want Sandy Alcantara, and, and he's our headliner, and then we'll, we'll build you some other stuff around this, and go get yourself a, an ace. He's, he's on a controlled contract. I mean, he's, I think he's at five, five and 56 was his deal. I know. I think he's a year or two into it, but I don't hate that. Fids, I can't hear you when you do that thing where you talk really close to your microphone. What? Ooh, I was doing ASMR. Sorry. I was just saying, would you know, uh, you want say a Suzuki and uh Marcus Stroman? Well, we'll take no, Montgomery. No. no, 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 we don't. No. No. <laughs> stop, stop doing that. Uh, Tried. I wouldn't be against it. I mean, if Montgomery can land them like a bona fide ace or something that can, yeah, Miami definitely left. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought too. Whether I was, when I was like spitballing because I was like, man, who who could really use a guy? And then kind of what could you what could you get back? I guess it doesn't even need Alex? to be like a, an ace ace. It could just be you know a good three, and yep. then something else. But 
you want something that's you want to deal with absolutes people proven if you're going to trade a yeah. prospect you want proven like that's what that's why you trade them you trade for proven talent if you have guys that have potential talent now will montgomery be able to do it and and maintain this as they make adjustments you never know until you know like it's it's, it's a weird part about prospects and it's it's like the stock market you know you sometimes you sell high you sell low you sell on on potential sometimes you sell on on misconceptions and these guys put together these 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 kind of packages and and sometimes it wins and and montgomery he's good man he's really good uh but if you can fix his if you fixes more you almost got to do it Again, well, I, because it's your window right now, like yep. as nice as Colson Montgomery would be, and it would hurt to see him raking three years down the road. Like that's not going to help us because by then, like the window's closed. So you got to take advantage of the window yep. you got now. If you got to trade him, right. you gotta trade him. bingo. That's it. Yeah. And I mean, he did have a rough goal, as pointed out in the comments. You know, when he got to Birmingham, and but that's what he. I'm not saying he's breaking camp with the fucking White Sox. You know, he's very much a prospect. But he better get an invite to camp. Yeah. Well, he will, but if he, if he rakes, he better stay. I think he's our the White Sox's biggest trade trip chip in the minor leagues. Oh, absolutely, for the sure. Best this is the best prospect, of course. And I mean, yeah, the other, the other, he's the a other very good that, trade candidate too. Just saying, when we were doing the trade analyzer, Seb, absolute unit. The other, uh, the other guy that so if I was the White though. Sox. <laughs> Sorry, he's think just about moving it. to make a deal to. I mean, if you get something good for Liam Hendricks, I pull the trigger. <laughs> so Liam helps you in that way too because he, he yep. alleviates some of the the payroll stress. Yep. He's I still been very good too. Yeah, yeah. I would trade Liam before I trade Allen if I'm being honest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that guy, Mitch. I, I would trade Liam Hendricks before like a lot easier before like trading Andrew Vaughn. And everyone wants to trade Vaughn this offseason, but I, I would trade Hendricks first. Yump, yump! I disagree. This is not selling off. This is actually just fine tuning. This is actually yeah. fine. These are these are called tweaks. Because we got like Shea who throws gas. We got Raylo, Graveman yep. thrown late in. Like there's guys that you can have and be closer. Would they be good? No, but they. You fill in the little gaps. It's your now. You're putting you're putting fingers in the. Sorry, I mean not. I'm talking an old. You're putting fingers in the dike. Okay, so you're trying to fill in the holes where there are leaks. <laughs> yep, allegedly. Oh, so much. So much. <laughs> Um, anyway, but you're 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 now at this point you're you're fine tuning. You're you, this is actually retooling. This is this is what retooling is. You should have been good this year. Some things didn't work out. Now we're gonna kind of move a couple pieces around on the chessboard, and we're gonna see how these play out, and we'll make adjustments at the trade deadline. Now, who is in charge of that trade deadline? Who's in charge of that? We're not sure yet. Hopefully, it's not Han, but he might just get a Deakman and call it a day. But I, I like the idea that that you you shuffle. There there should be. You need to fill those gaps. You have to. You have to. And so, honestly, it would make sense. Like, now would be the time to trade Hendricks because he still had an all-star season, but his numbers took a dip from they had the last two years, and the arm thing concerns me. Like, he's having the arm issues, and it's not going to get any better unless he has time with John necessarily. So now would be t- now would be the time to move him if you're going to because his value, his stock is still relatively high. Yeah, and I mean – the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You know, I mean, if yeah. they, this is probably arguably one of the most disappointing, most frustrating, biggest just letdown of the team the White Sox have rolled out. There's going to be moves that need to be made. 
Like you can't just roll the same team out and expect it to be better. Cause as much as people like to believe or not believe the manager doesn't make that big of a difference. You know, I, I know it's a, it's a layup for people to uh, just blame. Oh, it's cause of Tony. Mm. I mean, probably didn't help, but like, I don't think that's going to make that big of a difference. Now on paper, this team looks very good, but it didn't work. So you got to make some changes and that's going to take trading one of the big names. And if, you know, when they give me my weekly call this week and they ask me who we should start dealing, number <laughs> first name on the list is, yeah, I'm going to Liam Hendricks, man. Start listening. Always so, listen. Always yeah. optimize. Well, I mean, and I'd say here's optimize. A, you optimize 93 wins because that's a here's real a great stat from a friend of the show and the one of the hosts over there at CHGO. Uh, one of the leaders in the fuck beef loaf 2020 movement, Sean Anderson, he just tweeted out the White Sox top four home run hitters, four players combined, 62 home runs. Aaron Judge <laughs> just hit his 61st home run tonight. We beat him. All right. Oh, are we going to, so is this going to be the entire offseason, by the way, like putting combinations of players from each team and, and comparing it to like Aaron Judge's production, which yeah. is yeah, prodigious? That's, that's yeah. all. The- that's all I got. That's all I got in the in the holster. That's all. But, I want I want yeah. the random stats. So I'm like, you know, Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal combined for only, but Aaron Judge, sixty one. Like that's gonna be like all. No, I think it just more shows though how just pathetic the power numbers were for the White Sox. Oh well, I mean he's it's just Grant wants to leading the team with seventeen. Yep. Yeah, he sure yeah. is. Yep. Yeah, if you have a team with less than twenty, you're that's bad. It's bad. And I hit her really friend at ballpark too. It's not like we're playing in Detroit. Like that's what's so sad about. And then yeah, an era where has got seventeen, and then Abreu, Eloy, and Gavin Sheets all have fifteen. Yeah, and it's an era where you they've actively tried to increase and and actually disadvantage the pitchers too. Like it, this is. I mean, they have gifts though. Like it was taking it from the gifts, but this is an era. Like if you, if you don't have dudes that hit, like I mean, I mean, sorry. Patrick Wisdom hit 22 home runs and played like 100 games this year. Like, and he struck out like 75,000 times too. But even the shit hitters are hitting 25 home runs at this point with the, 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 you know, uh, exit velo, lift and pull like mentality. And so it, it is. Fitz, is this you commenting or is this Aldo? That's Aldo, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, didn't join that. the show. He's upset at me, and then he, and he tweets that. I, I love the fact that Aldo is literally doing that, though. That's freaking fantastic. Um, that but, is amazing. So, beef, obviously, you know, you, you've started looking at the free agent class of 2023. And, I mean, there's, obvious, there's names that they just – I mean, they're technically free agents, but they, like – Nolan Arenado is not going anywhere. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's opting uh, out, but he's to yeah, get more he's money. opt out, and then he's going to get unless you know, his thirty-five unless to forty million dollars to stay. Unless the Cardinals bitch out, if the Cardinals try to pull like a bullshit move, and he's like, "I'm on to you, bitches," he will sign somewhere else. These I guys will do that. that. Well, I mean, I, I think the Cardinals are like smart. It, Cardinals will actually pay. That's what they do. They, they he's bought work. into the Cardinal way and all that other bullshit. He's not taking I mean, a pay cut. He ain't going nowhere. Not taking a pay, he's not taking a pay cut though. They'll pay it or he won't. Like, that's it. Yeah. That's the truth. But is there a name that stands out to you, though, that you on your first 
run through. And again, I understand it's the first run through. It's September, late September, you know, whatever. But is there a name that stands out that you're like, hmm, this guy could help and it's, it's doable? I mean, you could say Aaron Judge, but I'm going to just mute you. But right, I was going to say there's, there's, there's guys that solve half the problem, right? Right. There's guys like you could go get Jack Peterson and he'll solve the power problem, oh, but he, he smells could... in the outfield. Like he stinks bad, like some of these other guys stink on defense. And you could yep, go get could... a guy who's a defense first kind of outfielder, and then they're not going to provide you the the stuff at the plate. I mean, the name I've heard bandied about a lot is Brandon Nimmo, and I'm helpful. I'm not a fan of Brandon Nimmo because one, the power's not there, and two. He does the bullshit eyewash fake hustle where after a walk, he sprints to first base. I don't trust the teacher's pet. No offense, Fids. I know you're a teacher, but I don't trust the teacher's pet on my team. I, I need my guys that I can try. And he's a, he's a cop. He's a narc. I don't I, I don't trust him. So he, he's out. Yeah, no, Nimmo is out for me. Sorry, Will. You like him? I don't like those type of guys. Those guys, those guys, those are the teacher's pets. They're out on, on, on my side. The free agent market is weak. It's very top heavy. And, and it's either in positions we have already or things we can't afford. So it's a tough spot for Han because he stinks dealing kind of a middle to bottom of the market. He's been pretty bad at all that for his yes. entire career. You know, teacher's pets are the ones that you keep closer. Like, you know, like keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Teachers keep their teacher's pet closer because they know that those fuckers are going to narc too. If you like, I, I believe it. Yeah, I believe that. So, no, teachers don't even trust the teacher's pet. Teacher's <laughs> pets are untrustworthy. So you're right. Yeah, I mean, just looking, I'm, I agree with you. It's extremely top-heavy. I don't think there's anybody here that the White Sox are going to go out and pay. I could. It's got to be the trade market. You got to. You got to trade. You got to make it. You have to make move. You have to. You have to flip around the dynamic to get max value. That's it. It just makes Remember me that? laugh though, because you see some of these guys' names and. You, you just start to smile because you could see the White Sox making like a Noah Syndergaard, and them trying to sell us like this is like the fucking sick Noah signing. Well, I was Noah I was Syndergaard. actually looking thinking they're probably gonna get kind of a mid to lower end lefty to balance out the rotation. So it's gonna be like in the Martin Perez, Jose Quintana category of guy mm -hmm. who's kind of older. Uh, you know, they had a good year, but you don't know if that's going to if they'll have another good year back to back. Like, I think that's the market they'll be in, like for the starting pitcher, like just to balance it, because there's no lefty like on the come in the organization. And then the four that are incumbents are all righty. So I would assume they'll add one. Well, and, and funny, too, with uh, with Quintana, like, yeah, no, here are the highlights from 2015. I don't watch any Cardinals games, but Quintana's been pretty decent for them, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's had a good year. They'll blame him because he played for the Pirates. He didn't win enough, but then that's the same thing that people blamed that why his record was what it was with the White Sox when he came to the Cubs and was a guy that couldn't be there when it was most important because he cut his fucking hands doing the dishes. So it's not okay. I love. I know White Sox fans love Quintana, but Quintana stole from the Cubs. So um, meh. more but, like your dumbass general manager stole from the Cubs by trading for him. It's not his fault. Yeah. Like poor Jose Quintana. All he's ever done has been like a solid middle of the road starter, and he just gets trashed on everywhere he goes. It's not his it's fault. Middle of the road. There true. you go, Mitch. Good. You got fault. points there for the one way turning. Thank <laughs> you. Bless there you. you. Boom. It wasn't his fault that he was sold as like a number two. I remember Cubs fans and and the Cubs media selling him as a two or three, maybe even an ace. That's not because of what he did in the World Baseball Classic. Not not no. And and then Dylan sees. That's not on him though. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm just I'm still look. I mean, they're not, not going to pay for Trey Turner. No. Not going to pay for 
any of these guys. I mean, I but if they did, they're not going they to. Could I mean, do. Like how how do you how can you how can you shake shake it out? Like how can you shake it out and make it hurt for the White Sox enough where they actually say if we don't do this, it's actually a negative in the uh, pocketbook because I, it, it seems like that's what really matters. I feel like that actually pushed the Cubs up a year. I think the Cubs were willing to wait, and then this year attendance was down. They lost millions. They, nope. Yeah, they're like, all right, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna actually spend. Probably. I don't think there really is anything though. Like. And I am fully in my head, in my universe, Jacob deGrom is going to the Braves in this house. Think I've said I it think- like this is like the fourth time I've said it. I I don't know why. I mean rhyme or reason. I just see the Braves just opening up the checkbook and just taking <laughs> Jacob deGrom from the Mets and it's gonna be like, like a huge Dodger. fucking deal. I feel like it's like a Dodger. I think he basically has to choose, he's gonna choose between like intense East Coast, laid back West Coast, and we're all screwed anyway. Yeah, I mean, see, this is Dave. So, I appreciate you watching the show, and you, you're always in the conversation. But like, this is the shit we're getting to. Where <laughs> this is what I was talking to at the beginning of the show, where like ooh, people are just pissed off, know. and like, Luis Roberts gonna get his wrist fixed. He's been playing hurt for like a month. He already he said today. I think uh, it came out. He was doing in the press scrum or whatever. He said like, good painting, by the way. I was, you know. Profile. Playing hurt. I was developing bad habits. I wasn't helping the team. I shouldn't have pushed the play, blah, blah, blah. He'll probably get some work done, whatever, in the offseason. He'll be fine. Tim Anderson was an all-star starter. I don't know how, but people forget that. Like, he had a really good first half of the season. Playing hurt. Some off-the-field shit was going down. Like Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, like, but like, Thank you, Mitch. I was waiting. You, you... But – I mean, I think those guys are fine. I don't, you know. Um, what yeah, you- I, I think Luis got uh, plenty of blame. People were calling him soft all over the internet. Oh, wow. I mean, he's got a ton of blame. And uh, Tim Anderson has cheap options going forward. I mean, you're not you're not just letting him walk away for twelve million bucks. I mean, no. you're paying him twelve million next year because he's going to make that value even in a half year. So, yep. yeah, I think both guys got uh, tons of uh, blame. Anderson stunk after he came back from the first injury, right? Yes. He he was brutal, kind of a uh, for a good chunk of the season before he got hurt in Texas. So, I mean, I think those guys all all got a lot of blame. I mean, I I I, I think there was plenty of blame to go around, and materially, uh, the guys who deserved it got it. No, I think that's fair. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what world some of these people live in where like these guys aren't getting just constantly shit on. I can't like open up the the Twitter.com app without seeing someone shit on you know, Moncada, <laughs> someone shit on Luis Robert. You know, it's just it's constant here. I'll even but... shit on Dylan Cease when I have to. Yeah, that's a wild take by you, by the way. I don't know, the one fucking glimmer of hope we've had this Jeez, season. He's like, that looks good. I'm he blew that game. Shit on so that. He blew that game. I he mean, did, I, I mean, I'll say about like, it's funny. I, 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 baseball in war. And, and, <laughs> well, I was just talking about that one game, not his entire year's performance. But, but it's funny. I, I tweeted that, and I, and I, we went on Redline Radio, and, and White Sox Dave's asking me, he's like, what the hell was uh, what was up with this tweet? And I said, yeah. He goes, they were really piling on you. I said, well, yeah. And it's, I, I tweeted it drunk after the game. I was pissed off. And I, I was, like, mad about it. And, like, you know, when you when you drink a little too much and then you, you wake up the next day, kind of have that little sadness over you until it wears off. like yeah. the Because uh, booze is a depressant. And, and like, when I fir- first woke up, I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have tweeted that. You know, that was foolish. It was a dumb tweet. 
And then as it wore off later in the day, I was like, fuck that. I was right. He shouldn't give up a home run to some bum. They should have won that game. I need my ace in there. And then the next start was the Minnesota start. And he wow. gave up uh, nothing for the entire start. So I was like, that's my ace. I like to yeah. see my ace bounce back like that. It's okay. He's like, look, knee-jerk reactions while you drink are okay. Like, if it's consistent negativity over the course of time, then we have problems. And um, uh, I think that uh, you agreed with yourself. So No, that's, no, that's not, not me. That's, that's, that's not my sauce. Um, <laughs> let me throw way, a name um, out at you guys. You going to San Diego? I am going to San Diego. Yeah, no, I, I leave is, tomorrow. Is, no, is MSS going to San no, Diego? No, no, he's not. Going so to your your actual best tour guide's not even going. Um, I've been to San Diego a few times, so I've got family out there. I, I, I'll I'll figure out my way around, but yeah, yeah, he's not going to make it. I heard he stayed a night or two. <laughs> he may have. Uh, let me throw a name out. West Coast, because this one is. I'm literally so this is such a long list. Mitch Hanniger. I feel like Mitch Hanniger is a guy that the fucking White Sox fans have wanted, it feels like, for 10 years. Like, it's like every trade deadline, every offseason is like, what about Mitch Hanniger? Let's go get Mitch Hanniger. Uh, he is a free Mitch agent. Hedberg, by the way, Mitch Hedberg is who I thought of. Which is, uh, Mitch Hanniger is a free agent uh, going into this offseason. How old is uh, he? Thirty-two. He's. <laughs> I've looked at him. I've looked at yeah, this. So yeah. he he didn't. So he was hurt. He was hurt a bunch this year. Didn't play a lot, right? But no. the prior year he hit thirty-nine home runs. So like the power's kind of still there, and he's a, not. He's a, you know he's a free agent, but he's also a little squeezed out of the Seattle outfield. So I don't think they're going to kind of re-sign him there. Right. I think right. he'll have a lot they of talent there. So like he is in our price range, though. and he's exactly the kind of guy who would play, go out there, play terrible defense, and maybe hit some homers. <laughs> That's yeah, a exactly sight the White Sox already. <laughs> yeah, made, it's, it's possible. Yeah, it he made possible. seven. He made just under eight mil this year. So yeah, you're absolutely right. He's right in that price range. He's just the type of guy that they'll, they'll sign hurt him. a bunch and too. Then, he's injury then, prone. He fits. Yes, yeah, he's injury prone. Yes. They'll sign him, and then assholes like me will get on Twitter being like, "Fuck yeah, Mitch Hager. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's go." We, <laughs> and I'm gonna get all excited about this bullshit, and then three months into season, May comes around. Like, this guy sucks. Han blew it again. Because <laughs> you know the other guy that. I'm going to say that about because I'm going to to the day I die and I know he's bad and I don't care. I still want my team is Frazier. Oh, God. <laughs> he is out up. there. He'll and be out fun. there. Yeah, you can go get I him. Just, Left hand hitting second baseman. There you go. I feel it in my plums that if he's the type of guy, if he came to the White Sox, it would work. It'd be a fit. But yeah. I mean, I didn't like him in the year that they were. Um, looking to trade because I felt like he was going to cost way too much, right? Because he was on a, on a huge heater that year. So I was like hoping they didn't do it. They went and got uh, Cesar Hernandez. That didn't work either. But his uh, his season so far this year is uh, not great, I guess. 1.1 1. 1 war, no, 150 he, games. So. He was complete cheeks the first half of the year. He had a decent second half of the year. And then when Seattle went on that huge heater, uh, I mean, he wasn't a huge part of it, but he was serviceable. Um, I don't know why. I wanted him. I wanted them to trade for him when he was in Pittsburgh that year that you just said you didn't want him. Like, and you, I mean, he went to San Diego and he was fucking just complete dog shit there. Mm-hmm. Ended up in Seattle, and I think he hasn't like completely turned it around. But just one time, I want the White Sox to just surprise me and like somehow get like Reynolds from the Pirates or something like that. Like just <laughs> like completely uncharacteristic of them. 
like out of nowhere make this deal like for like Liam Hendricks and Montgomery they package it together and get some fucking actual decent good baseball player and we were just like holy shit where did that come from I think the last time I said holy shit where did that come from was the Quintana for Aloy and Seastrike (laughs) and that was like the last good move they made trade the Pirates for Bly Madrid I don't know what you're saying Fids trade the Pirates for Bly Madrid who is that? Oh, Google it. You will want to do that. So. Sounds like a third league soccer team. Yeah, that sounds like, like, very, like that's Bly a Madrid. Bly Madrid. B L Y. B L I G H. Base M A D R I S. No, I got that. It's the first name that. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see who the fuck this kid is. Everything you want in a right fielder and more. I'm just saying. Oh, it's because he's from Vegas. You fucker. No. I should have known right away. No, no, no. no. (laughs) I should have known right away. Can I check? This is a Bryson Stott situation. He is one of them. He is one of the Bryson Stott ones. Let's see what he did. 296 Mm -hmm. at-bats, 11 homers, hitting 297. Mm Mm-hmm. His age. He's twenty-four. Yep. Perfect. I mean, isn't that, isn't that Oscar? Isn't that Oscar Colas? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not training Oscar Colas for that. You're, no, but I'm saying like we already have that. We got another Oscar Colas. This is like when you're when you're out and your mom's like, "No, we have McDonald's at home." Like we have McDonald's. At home. You go get McDonald's. McDonald's at home. Are you are you are you filling all the holes? Oh, I get you're calling up Colas. There's a hole in Birmingham. This guy is taking the spot. No, I'm actually I'm talking about. You have derailed my buddy. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about here. I'm just saying his his stats look very comparable to Oscar Colas. But he's done it at the majors. I mean, he had 113 major league at bats, batted 177. Well, look at look. Keep going, and also look at. Bryson Stott last year. Yeah, I'll take Bryson Stott. He's again. He's on a Chris, bad. You gotta team. say what you want to say here, bud. Because I'm, I'm not. Just, I'm not... Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is, he's on a bad team. He's been given his opportunity to see major league pitching without any expectation. He's been able to struggle, be good, succeed, fail. Now he's ready to actually be inserted into a lineup, and do. He's worth it. I think 2019 White Sox, maybe I'd take a flyer. But, like, yeah. win now mode, or we, I don't know, especially if we have to give up assets for him. No, you're yeah. not actually giving up much. You're giving, you're, you're also taking from the Pirates. Yeah. Anyways, oh, they're playing Fantastic Voyage at Wrigley Field right now. Oh, Peace oh. Julio. Banger. And I also feel terrible for this guy that kind of looks like Peter Griffin that, Missed catching Aaron Judge's home run ball because every other tweet is this poor guy just looking like absolute shit because he just let a winning lottery ticket just miss his glove. I gotta find this now. Yeah, he's he sat front row. He had the good seat. It, I mean, it wasn't like a sure catch. 
put it that way, but like that's gotta be brutal. Like you're like, oh my god, it's actually coming towards me, and then like you fucking missed it. Like you gotta want it, and then but... you get reminded about it every time you turn on ESPN because it's, it's a tough play. I just saw the replay, yeah, so it's that's gonna play. be a tough play for it's him. It's a tough right play. There. I mean, if you had, <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's kind of funny though that the ball went into the bullpen, so like nobody has it. If no one got it. Yeah, catcher, no one got it. If I'm that bullpen catcher, I'm putting that ball underneath my like chest protector. I don't know where it went, and then sell that bitch. But he would have fallen in the bullpen if he was going to catch that, for, and then he wouldn't have gotten to keep the ball. They would have been three million dollars. Three million dollars. I'm taking that fall. <laughs> three million dollars. You still might not get it, man. You might. Just... <laughs> <laughs> three million dollars. I'm taking that fall, and somehow I'm telling the Blue Jays that their railing was faulty and I'm suing them too. <laughs> now that's a retirement plan. I, yeah. I appreciate that. So. And we're going to do that. And then we're going to sign Trey Turner because I'm going to own the bitch. Turn and around. we're going to go from there. <laughs> so, I don't know. Is there anything, any other groundbreaking moves or anything that you can think of that you want to contribute to the start of fixing the White Sox? I think we have a lot of good things here. For them to think about, but it's not going to be like a normal off season. I feel like this is. I said it at the trade deadline, and boy, did I look like an asshole when I said this is probably Han's most important trade deadline of his career. And then he came out and did absolute jack. And he shit. punted it. Yeah, he did yeah. nothing. Yeah. But this is if he is still the general manager of this team, which I think we all think he will be. This is a very big off season. It's pinwheels bump again. Now we're going to get some other shoddy reliever, and that'll be it. <laughs> Don't you say that. How dare you? <laughs> they need to make some trades. They need to move some uh, uh, chairs around here at a minimum to, to try to shake this up. I'm interested to see uh, how they resolve the uh, the initial problem, which is the Abreu, Vaughn, Eloy Jimenez problem. Yep. I mean, uh, I'm very uh, interested to see how that ends up looking, let's say, uh, by Christmas, where, where, where we're at with that. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to do a Sox Fest this year? I don't know. That's a that's a, that's more of a My Sox Summer question than mine. You would have think you would have heard about you, it already if they were going to do yeah. it, right? It seems well, like a little late in the game for them to like say, okay, now we're doing it, and it's like the season's well, the kind of already over. The Cubs just announced theirs. Yeah, yeah, the Cubs did it today. So, like, the Sox usually do it earlier, though. I, I feel like it's during the season they announce it. I mean, it's... it's uh, Tom Ricketts yeah. is... Get, like, the early package. They usually have, like, some bobblehead. Here's your answer. <laughs> there you go. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I could be at the, Hyatt, at the Hyatt Regency in Elgin. Sox Fest was always a good time, man. You guys we we, we will still do that. a 108 day party at Reggie's, more than likely. So we we've done that. I guess the only year that we skipped it was maybe uh, 2021 because we did it 2020 right before the pandemic, and then we did do it last year 2022. Uh, limited capacity, kind of masked up uh, materially. We'll probably do a, another 108 day where we do a live show. It's kind of an off season show. Have guests. Uh, it costs worst. to get in, so uh, uh, just uh, put that out there. Worst fucking day ever, by the way. I was on the way to the airport. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I forgot about this. Uh huh. Uh huh. I was coming. I was yeah. coming to support my friends <laughs> on their special day, and I got fucking. I got put on like Frontier Airlines lockdown. I on the way to the airport, they're like, "Nope, your flight's been delayed. Go home." I'm like, "Till what time?" Fine. 11 p.m. Like, all right. So, uh, I'm like, let's go to Outback. We have a gift card. Some kid gave me a gift card to Outback. Let's go eat some t- 
terrible steak. Let's go eat that bread. Actually, I wanted the bread. But the yep. last Sox Fest, though, that's when they rolled out. I remember that night because they rolled out the Goose Island Sox Ale. It was, it was like the big rollout at the Sox Fest. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. then you guys had your thing at Reggie's, and that was such a bash, dude, because literally everybody was there that night because of Sox Fest. Everybody came in, yeah. people had rooms, like no one was really traveling. That was a that was one hell of a night. I, you guys had the ice storm last year, though. Yeah, we've we've sold <laughs> we sold the room out both both times. We sold it out in twenty twenty when it was full capacity, and then it was like seventy five percent, I think, in twenty twenty two, and we sold it, the room out then. Uh, so I mean, we're planning to do it again. I, I don't. Uh, I have no insight to when exactly or who's on the panels or any of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, that'll that's probably going to happen even if SoxFest doesn't. Usually good to have one party in the off season where everyone get together. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's nice to actually – it's funny. Anytime you guys or anybody has, like, one of these, like, White Sox Twitter meetups or whatever, like, name tags are, like, mandatory. <laughs> because people come up and they'll be like, hey, I'm Steve. And I'll be like, who? And they'll be like, oh, Katy Perry's booty hole. I'm like, oh, what's up, dude? Like – I know. Yeah, it's like I have. It's so weird. Yeah, though. you got to do the Twitter handles before you dap everybody up. That's yeah, right. you have no idea who people. Yeah, That's right. but, true story. Like, go ahead, Vince. Oh no, I was gonna wrap it up. So go. Oh, ahead. oh, true story. I the 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 flight that I had purchased for that night and the free the hotel end up going to Atlanta, which is fine. But we missed the storm and Aloha. Sent me four thousand stickers as a result because he felt bad for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> and if you know it, Aloha, a tremendous amount. It was pretty much on every urinal I went to for the like, like six weeks. Every so they're all over Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like it's like syphilis except with stickers. That's fair. Um, well, Beef, thank you as always for coming on the show. We Thanks, appreciate boys. you having me. Uh, safe travels to uh, San Francisco or San Francisco, San Diego, San Diego <laughs> oh, parts oh. of California, a little further south. Yeah, yeah thank this, you. Thanks for having me on. It was it's good to like start kicking off this talk, right? Because this is going to be the bane of our existence for the next several months. Uh, yep. You know, uh, plotting and thinking about what the White Sox do, and then reacting to what they actually end up doing out in the marketplace. So I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for having Cannot me. Can't wait to be. Completely disappointed again. Beef, go to Hodads. Hodads, 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 Hodads. <laughs> we'll see what we can get done. We got some family obligations. We got it's some right stuff we got to do. It's right next to Pepco. Okay. All right. Good to know. The same. So, well, burger. thank you. Make sure you guys are tuning into the 108 podcast on Thursday nights. Are you guys doing it tomorrow night? We are not. So we have the, this Thursday night off, but. Uh, normally it's Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Time on YouTube Live. We're planning to do the podcast weekly still through the off season. So we had before taken it back, and we, w- we wouldn't do as many episodes. We're keeping the momentum of this crappy ass season, and we're going to do it every Thursday night. And we're going to mix it up a little bit. Might be a little more bullshit, and a little more beer, and a little less baseball. But we're still going to hit all the White Sox topics when they come up. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll be out there 8 p.m. Thursday nights, YouTube Live. Hit us up. Holy shit. Before we wrap it up, Beef, you have to sit through this, Mitch. I, I apologize. Oh, he, oh, this oh. one. I apologize. I'd be honored Mitch. to sit through it. That sounds go. good. Let's finish it out, Mitch. Your dance moves with the NASCAR minute. All right, Beef. This is the Mitch NASCAR minute.
aka five minutes. I'm not going to lie, Beef, you picked a horrible week because this week was Texas Motor Speedway week, and this race was an absolute disaster of a race. Um, but I'm not going to lie, it was wildly entertaining. It, it was terrible racing all the way around, but there was a lot of drama. So it was basically a tire roulette throughout the day. Good year, not a banner day for them. Everyone was having issues. Didn't matter who you were. Christopher Bell, first playoff driver to blow a tire. His day, over. Then there's Cody Ware. He has his weekly meeting with the wall. Uh, you know, he spins, uh, hits the wall head on. And it got so bad, the front of the car, like, kicked up. And so he couldn't see out the windshield. He goes flying down, like, pit. Well, somehow he got down pit lane which is really dangerous because there's like people down there. They're like, get out of the way, get out of the way. He hits the uh, pit lane or whatever. Someone honestly probably could have died. Luckily, they cleared everyone out. So he hits it. It's a hard impact. Like I was worried he wasn't going to get out of the car. He did. He looked really limp. Uh, you know, they got him to like the safety vehicles and everything. Pretty scary. Uh, probably concussed. I think he tore a couple ligaments. But damn it, he said on Twitter he's going to try and come back and race next week. Tell Yoan Moncada and Eloy Jimenez to hit this man up because that is tough. Next week's Talladega, which is like a death trap. He has no reason to race. He's not a playoff driver. He's not good. It's not like he's going to win, but he still wants to be behind the wheel. So good for you, Cody Ware, uh, despite the fact he hit the ball once again. Uh, speaking of almost killing pit crew members, Ty Gibbs, he nearly took out a NASCAR official. He got in a battle with the other Ty on the track, Ty Dillon. Uh, I don't know why. I guess Ty Dillon Dordum wasn't happy, so he kind of like bumped him back. Wait, and time out, time out, time out. What's Dordum mean? Oh, so like he was pulling out of his pit lane and he kind of hit him on the side of the door. So like, okay. yeah, yeah. And so Ty Gibbs wasn't happy about that. He's a 19-year-old kid. He's very immature. So he like swerves into him, hits him, and then Ty uh, Dillon kind of went off track because from the momentum and nearly like wiped out like a – a NASCAR official and like four pit members from RFK. It was almost like bowling pins. Probably could have killed him. He later let out this half-assed apology on Twitter. Um, you know, everyone's like, all right, but we all know your grandpa, um, Joe Gibbs, is going to pay your fine. So, like, you don't really care. You're not sorry. That guy sucks. He's driving the 18 next year. He'll be a perfect fit for Kyle Busch's car. Uh, one douche out, another one in. Anyway, uh, good year. Not oh! off the yet. <laughs> good year. Not off the hook yet. Chase Elliott, he takes the lead. I'm pissed off, as we know. I don't like Chase Elliott, but, you know, I'm a terrible person. He blows the tire, too. I'm celebrating. He goes flying. Car catches on fire, so he gets out. He's okay. And I'm not going to lie. kind of looked like that scene from Batman, you know, the like it's upside down. And, yeah, Robert Pattinson walking out like a badass with the car on fire. It was kind of like Chase, but it was like some skinny pipsqueak from uh, – Dansville or uh, from Georgia. So, you know, not quite as cool, but it was uh, quite a fireball there. So then there's a rain delay. So as if the 500 mile race wasn't enough of terrible racing where no one could pass and everyone's blowing tires, then you have to sit through a rain delay. They come back after that. We go green again. The shit show continues. Kevin Harvick, he takes the lead. Bush light guy. Uh, and then he blows a tire in the lead. His day's over. He hit the Andy's frozen custard sign. Hate to see it. So now Martin Truex, he's in the lead. Martin Truex, you know, he's the guy. He's had some bad luck. Southern 500. Blew it, blew an engine. Uh, he missed the playoffs by two points. He was like crying after the Southern 500 nearly. He's like, oh, he just can't catch a break. And then last week, his thing blew up again. He's flipping off the hood of his car. So he takes the lead. You think it's finally his redemption moment. Bam, Goodyear tire blows up. He hits the wall. His day's basically over too. So you think the drama's over. No, not so much. Meanwhile, mid-pack, Denny Hamlin, he's racing with William Byron. They're racing him pretty hard. Byron's trying to pin him in. He's at the high line. Denny Hamlin, you know, he's a veteran. He's trying to he's trying to get the position. So he starts moving him up the track. Uh, you know, they don't really touch, but uh hey, hey, or, excuse me. Um 
got too into it. Byron, he ran out of room. He hits the wall. And so now he's pissed off because he just hit the wall because Hamlin forced him up the track. He's like, I'm getting that son of a bitch back. So Byron, you know, he's not taking that shit. He says, take that old man. He knocks into Hamlin. Hamlin flies off the track. But the problem is there was a caution flag out. So that was kind of like a chicken shit move. You know, there's a yellow flag out. You're supposed to be going slow. He just rammed the guy off the track. So Hamlin's like, what the hell, man? So he tries to get his position back because like under caution, they got the yellow flag out. They're just kind of doing like a parade around when they clean up debris and whatnot. And so he comes racing up the field to try and get back his spot. And NASCAR is like, whoa, whoa there, pal. Like you were maintaining speed. You got to go back. He's like, well, I got knocked off the track. He's like, that should have been a penalty on him. And NASCAR is like, well, you know, we didn't see it. So now Hamlin, he's furious. He's like, fine, you know what? I'll just give him the penalty myself. So his plan is he's going to wreck him when he gets back up to him later in the race. Problem was Hamlin never got back up there. Uh, so, you know, didn't happen. William Byron, or not William Byron, um, Tyler Reddick ends up winning the race. More like he survived. His tires didn't blow down. And that was Texas. Everyone wants to demolish the track after that race. Texas always produces terrible races. This was no different. Blow up Texas. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so beef. There's gonna be a test on that, bud. <laughs> love the enthusiasm. I, I had no idea what was going on, but I, I love the image, the music, and and Mitch, you were really firing. I, I appreciate that. So you you won some points today for 108 Tourney. Keep bagging on these guys, right? I'm gonna keep yeah, half the time. I don't know what I confuse guys names all the time I just we're learning i yeah, think we're in learning. the off season we'll have like flashcards we're learning <laughs> actually maybe you can help out with this we need to figure out a bet i can make with these guys where that if i bet? lose my punishment is i have to live stream myself watching a full nascar race oh <laughs> goodness yeah it's kind of like your steak bet but yeah 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 you gotta have to figure something out here yeah the whole time let me but think on it let me think on that i think if i do lose that i'm gonna get one of those helmets with the beers on each side of it because i feel like that's an appropriate way to watch NASCAR <laughs> Go all the straws, yeah the two straws and like i need like a like a obnoxiously big costco bag of some kind of chip or pork rinds or something and like really get into it but uh thank you <laughs> Mitch, Again, yeah. thank you so much, B, for uh, jumping on. Appreciate you it. it Safe guys. travels to San Diego. Uh, for NASCAR Mitch, that's Fitz. I'm Zoe. We'll see you guys next week. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound on the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes so or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy.